This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Yami. I'm a board-certified pediatrician, certified health and wellness coach, author, and speaker. I'm also a passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant-based nutrition, habit formation, motivation, and mindset so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Are you ready to get started? Let's do this. Hello, hello, veggie lovers, and welcome. My name is Dr. Yami, and this is a bonus episode of Veggie Doctor Radio about minimalism. This is part of my series on environmental sustainability and climate change. And I wanted to tell you about minimalism, what it is, why it's important, why you may be interested in exploring it for your own life, and how, how maybe different tips. This is something that my family and I have been on a journey on for the past six years or so. And I want to tell you more about that. But before I get to that, especially if you're new to me, I want to tell you about my podcast. It's called Veggie Doctor Radio. You can find it on iTunes and all the major podcast players. I have lots of episodes on there that about all kinds of different topics, including plant-based nutrition, uh, thought work, fitness, all kinds of different things. So definitely check that out. Please subscribe so that you can get notifications on new episodes. In addition, I have a weekly newsletter. And if you're interested in subscribing to that weekly newsletter, there's two options. You can go to dryami.com forward slash sign up, or you can text the word fiber, F-I-B-E-R to 66866. So those are the two ways. In addition, I am a published author and I have a book called A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating, How to Raise Kids Who Love to Eat Healthy. That's available in all major online booksellers, including amazon.com. It's available currently in paperback and ebook and the audiobook should be out any day now. So just waiting for that to drop um, on Audible. So today I'm gonna be talking about minimalism. So let's talk about what minimalism is. So my definition of minimalism is living more by having less. The minimalists, which are 
couple of guys, they, they call themselves the minimalists. They have a website. Their definition is minimalism is a tool to rid yourself of life's excesses in favor of focusing on what's important so you can have happiness, fulfillment, and freedom. So essentially minimalism allows you to make more conscious and deliberate decisions, and it gives you more freedom and more peace and more joy in your life. Why would we even consider minimalism? Why would we want to have less stuff? Because in the United States, we're all about having more, right? And I grew up in Texas, which is the land of bigger is better. So I know all about that, how we're kind of in this race to have more. How can we have more, more, more? Well, it's a problem. And it definitely applies to uh, environmental sustainability because when we have more stuff, we produce more waste. It's not good for our planet, but it's also not good for our psyches. So I wanted to share some statistics with you on consumerism in the United States. This is taken from the website becomingminimalist.com. Some of these are quite shocking. The average American home contains 300,000 items. So that's almost half a million different things in the average American home. The size of the average American home has tripled in the last 50 years. So that means in the last 50 years, the amount of space that we're living in has gotten bigger and we've also filled it with more stuff. One in 10 Americans, so 10% of Americans own storage outside of their homes. So they either have a storage unit or they're keeping more stuff somewhere outside of their primary residence. 25% of Americans that have two car garages can't use their garage. Why? Because it's filled with stuff. American children own 40% of the toys in the world, but they only make up 3% of the child population of the world. So 3% of kids live in the United States, but they have 40% of the toys. Wow. That's incredible. And the average American throws away 65 pounds of clothing every single year, 65 pounds of clothing. I mean, just imagine that. And I heard recently that, you know, a, a lot of times we may donate our clothes, but other countries are like, stop, we don't want all your clothes anymore. So, I mean, it's just something to think about if you keep buying, especially with this fast fashion, what are you going to do with it? Is it something that you really want to want to keep? Financial statistics, I got these from all different places in the web. Somewhere between 50 and 75% of American workers live paycheck to paycheck. 30% of Americans have no emergency savings at all, and 70% have less than $1,000 saved. The average revolving credit card debt is around $8,000, and the average total household debt is $137,000. That includes a mortgage. So this is the why. Why should we have less? Because we already can't afford all of the things we do have. It's already causing us stress, especially in times like this. The economy is not doing well because of the coronavirus. People are really stressed. So what if we can go to a place where we have less, we're happier with less, we're more joyful, and we're going to be less stressed about finances and all of that. 
So I say that minimalism isn't a destination, it's a journey. It's not like some place that you arrive and you're done. It's a process. And it's not static, it's dynamic, it's changing. It's changing with your experience, with what you're learning and the world around you. And it's just a way of living. It's a philosophy to embrace and to try out, to experiment with. We started our minimalism journey back in December of 2014. The reason that we did is because at that time, I already started feeling like I wanted to make a career change. So I'm a pediatrician. I, my first job, which was lovely, I had just amazing mentors and it was great, was at a community health center and I loved it, but I still had this part of me that wanted to do something different. I wanted to do things my own way. I'm kind of entrepreneurial in my spirit and I'm kind of a rebel. (laughs) So I kind of wanted to be able to be my own boss and try it out, but I knew that it would be a financial risk. And I didn't want to put my family in too much stress. I didn't want it to be too much of a risk financially for my family because I knew that the kind of practice I wanted to have, which is a micro practice, was not one where I saw a ton of patients and tried to make a ton of money. And I knew that it was gonna, it's going to be a slow ramp up. And I wanted to be able to take that time to do it without feeling pressured to get back into the same treadmill that I was on before. Around the same time, we also started to fantasize about someday having a tiny house and having more freedom and location independence and financial independence. And so with all of those different desires, we decided that we were going to start minimizing. So at the beginning of December in 2014, we started going through every single room in our house and we started eliminating things that we no longer needed or wanted. And this was just eye-opening. In fact, the other day as I was researching and preparing for this, I went back and looked at all my Facebook pictures from that month and how I was documenting what we were doing. And I found floppy disks and old uh, PDAs, uh, personal digital assistants, which millennials, they'll never even heard of that. Like, you know, those old uh, things that we used to use in medical school. And we still had all of this stuff. We actually filled an entire U-Haul full of items. And part of it went to the dump because it was things that couldn't be donated or given away, even some furniture that couldn't be donated. And part of it went to donations. We gave some stuff away to friends and family, and we also sold a few things, but really we got rid of an entire U-Haul full of stuff. Then in the summer of 2015, so about six months later, we downsized. We went from 2,500 square feet of living space to about 1,400 square feet of living space for my nuclear family. So that's me, my husband, and my two sons. And it was an amazing transition to be able to do that. And, you know, it was great because the place that we moved to, we also chose deliberately to be closer to my new practice that I established, to be closer to my husband's work, which is half a mile from each of those so that we can walk and ride our bikes if we wanted to closer to the kids' school. And it was really like a lifestyle choice. We were downsizing, but we were also making our lives simpler, more walkable. It supported our lifestyle. 
And it was just amazing. I really loved how we were able to do that. And there's about five things that happened when we went through this process, the benefits that we got that I didn't expect. So I wanted to tell you about those before I give you some tips. If you're interested in pursuing minimalism, how you can do it. So the first benefit that I didn't expect is more peace. So this was the most, the quickest, most immediate benefit. Clutter is stressful. Even if you consciously don't know it, subconsciously it's stressful. So when we got rid of all of that clutter and I would come home and the space was open and the floors were clear and there wasn't stuff on the counter everywhere, it was just like, <sighs> because I remember coming home from a stressful long day at work come home and then you're just like all this stuff everywhere and you're still kind of tense and, and you're just like really stressed out. But this was different. It just felt so peaceful. It felt so open. It felt calmer. And the other bonus benefit of that is it doesn't take very long to tidy up and clean up. So yeah, of course we still sometimes leave stuff lying around. That's just what life is, but we can clean up like this. I mean, it's just so fast. It's so easy. I love the, the peace that I get from having a clutter-free home. The second unexpected benefit is just less stress. So buying less stuff and feeling less obligated to buy less stuff brings you less stress in your life. We talked a lot to our boys with about this process, you know, it was six years ago, so they were younger, but from the beginning, we've always talked to them about minimalism and why we're doing it and why we value it. And so they've grown up with this and it's really great for them too, because they're kind of low maintenance kids. They don't ask for a lot of stuff. They're very content with what they have. And they know that we're going to focus on experience and we're going to focus more on consumable things, consumable items instead of material things. Of course, they're kids and they still want things. They're able to earn money, you know, through their chores and things like that and they make purchases, but we encourage them to wait at least 24 hours and really think about it before they actually buy something. And that's helped a lot. And then after they buy it and they've used it, and you know, if it's something that maybe they didn't like as much as they thought they were and they didn't use it, I ask them to reflect upon it, to just kind of anchor that feeling of like, was it worth it to spend your money on that, on something that a month later you're donating or giving away? So it's less stressful. It's also less stressful because I don't feel obligated to participate in some of the consumerist culture that we have. The main thing is Christmas. So Christmas to me, as an adult with children, I hate to admit this, but has also has always kind of been stressful. Okay. And the reason is, is because it's like, I feel like I have to buy all this stuff and I have to go to all these get togethers and, you know, I have to remember to buy presents for all of these people. And it just doesn't feel authentic and it doesn't feel genuine. It feels obligatory. So through this minimalism journey, we made a decision, a deliberate decision that Christmas wasn't just going to be like this huge millions of gifts sort of thing. We were going to focus on just a few gifts, usually three or less, or do an experience together, like a nice trip and not feel obligated to buy presents for every single person. But when I do buy a gift for somebody, whether it's for Christmas or a random gift, I, I do it from my heart. I do it because I really know it's going to benefit them. And I really feel like it's deliberate and more authentic and more genuine. 
And that has been really great for me. So, you know, that less stress of not feeling like you have to do all of these things, not feeling like you have to buy all of these things has been really great. Number three benefit that I didn't expect is more financial control. Obviously, if you're owning less stuff and you're buying less stuff, you're spending less money. And around the same time, we really started on a financial journey as well because it kind of aligned. You know how we're talking about the financial statistics. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this is because I wanted to have more financial freedom and peace so that I could start the business I wanted to start without feeling stressed about it. And that feeling, you know, that confidence that you start getting when you get more financial control, we've gotten rid of our credit cards, except for one that we use for traveling. We actually ended up freezing our credit, which was one of the best things we've ever done. It happened because we were starting to get some fraud. And so we froze it, but then we just left it frozen. And it's been really great because it helps us control that impulse buying of like, oh, we just want to buy a bunch of furniture. It'll be 0% interest and we'll pay it off. But now we're not making decisions like that. Instead, we're saving up and we're paying cash for things that we really want, we really need. It's more deliberate and it gives us a lot more financial control. Number four benefit is just more fun. We have more space for fun. We get to try new things. We love challenges and it's really fun to travel with less. My kids are pros at just traveling with backpacks. They're used to it. They can do it. It's great. It keeps traveling so organized and easy and you can move from place to place. My husband and I, for our 40th birthdays this past summer, we took a 10 day trip to Greece with each just a backpack and it was really fun. And we think that next time when we travel, we can take even less because we started to get some experience and learn from it. And we can't wait to do it again. Traveling as a minimalist is wonderful. You don't have to lug around all of these bags. It's just so fast to get ready. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. I love that freedom, that fun, that you feel like you can just pick up and go. It's really great. And then the last benefit is that it just changes your paradigm. I feel like veganism did this too. Once you start adding things to your life that kind of go against the grain of the popular culture, it changes the way you view things and you no longer feel obligated to do what everybody else is doing. It kind of gives you that courage to try things differently, to live a little bit differently. And um, I love that about minimalism is it's just allowed us to see the world in a whole different way. And I feel like it's going to benefit my kids too. I really hope that my kids learn about avoiding debt, living a minimalist lifestyle so that they can have more joy in their lives and really focus on what matters. Okay. So those are the benefits I got. Those are the reasons that's what minimalism is. So how can you start? If you're interested in minimalism, what is it that you need to do to start it? There's no right or wrong way. There's no perfect minimalist. There's all kinds of minimalists. They come in all shapes and sizes and all different styles, (laughs) but this is what we did. And these are the tips that I have for you. 
So first start just in a, in one room, just go room to room. Don't try to tackle everything at once. This is how we did it. We just started one room at a time. You go to that room, take everything in that room, all the items and put them in one pile. From that pile, you start separating into different piles. So the piles are things that you're definitely going to keep. You love them and you can't live without them. You don't want to live without them. So that's the keep pile. Then you have a pile of things you don't want, but you can give away. They're good things. They can be used by other people. You can donate them. There's things that you might want to sell. That's another pile. There's a, a pile for things that is just trash. You're not going to be able to donate, sell, you know, that's just going to go in the trash. Unfortunately, we end up accumulating a lot of those things. So learning how not to accumulate those things is something you'll learn in some of the future episodes of the series this month. And then the final pile is the, I'm not sure. I think I might want to keep it. I, I know I don't want to throw it away. It's the maybe pile. So focus on keeping what you love, the things that you want to see every day, the things that you are going to be using frequently and the things that you want to wear and have, you know, so those are the things you want to focus on keeping. The things that you ended up putting in that maybe box, tape the box up and put it away for at least a month and realize that way when they're away, whether you needed to use that. So if, if there's a thing in that box and you need to go get it out of the box before the month is up, you know, it's something that you use often. If you put the box away and you forgot about those things and you find the box a month or two later and you're like, oh my God, I forgot this was there, then it's probably stuff you can get rid of. So that's one way that you can test out this maybe box. And then after the month or whatever time period you decide to put it away, if you aren't going to use those things, you can decide if you want to donate them or sell them or just throw them away. Sentimental things can be a little bit difficult, um, but there's definitely a way that you can go through those things. So whether it's a sentimental thing or something that was given to you, I want you to explore your emotions around it and decide whether you want to keep it. Do you want to keep it because you feel obligated to keep it or do you want to keep it because you feel like you have to keep it? So those are some of the things to focus on. And Things like old pics and videos, we took all of those and we digitized them. So that's something that you can do. You can either buy your own uh, scanner to scan things, or you can. there's all kinds of services that will do that for you. So then you just keep going room by room, and then you, you just keep going in a circle, and you just keep cycling. Even after you do it the first time, We every at least every quarter, we try to go through and minimize more and minimize more because you accumulate things easier than you think, even when you're being conscious and deliberate. So then the next thing is to stop buying new things, or at least to slow down on buying new things and to focus more on buying things that are consumable instead of creating stuff and waste that just sits around. Consider investing more in experiences. So trips or, you know, different experiences like that instead of stuff. And whenever you're purchasing stuff for your friends and family members, if this is a value for you, then consider doing that for them too, so that you don't add more stuff to their lives as well. If you do want to buy something new and you're deliberate about it and you know that you want or need something, 
try to get rid of something else. So instead of bringing an extra item into the house, can you replace an item? Or is there something else that you no longer want or need that you can swap out? Of course, we're not perfect at this. I don't expect anybody to be perfect, but it's just one way that you can start thinking about it. The other consideration is consider downsizing. So that was important to us. We had other reasons that we wanted to move to be closer to work and be closer to the kids' school. But, you know, this might be a good time. Might be your kids have gone off to college or whatever. This might be a good time to downsize. The the big advantage of downsizing is that whenever you have less space, you automatically have less stuff. So it makes it much easier to keep track of all of the things you have. Um, another category is going to be, um, like papers and items like that. Definitely files. You can scan all of that stuff, digitize, cancel subscriptions to magazines you no longer want, cancel digital subscriptions that you no longer want. What do you not love or need anymore? This helps not just with clutter, but also finances, things that you're paying for that you may not have realized that you've been paying for the whole time. That's going to free up some more money. The next category is essentialism. So this is where you spend your time and your energy. Remember, we don't have unlimited time and energy. So what are the things that you're doing? What are the different commitments you have, whether it's family, social, or work commitments, and how can you do less, but be more committed to what you actually do? So I'm going to recommend a resource for that, that you can uh, look at, but that's another category of minimalism. It's not just about stuff, but also about the things that we do, the way that we spend our time. Relationships, that's another category. Which relationships are the most important and joyful for you? Are there some relationships that aren't bringing you joy and instead are detracting from your life? That's another thing to consider. Are there relationships that are not aligning with your vibration? And it's maybe time to think about not giving energy and attention to those relationships. So like I said, this is an ongoing process. Once you start, you're going to go through several cycles. I feel like we're still going through cycles. There's still things I'm going to talk about that I still want to improve in my minimalism journey, but it gives you practice in being deliberate and you start um, noticing when there's times in your life that you either purchase something that you're like, ah, probably wouldn't have, wouldn't do that again. You learn from those experiences. Remember, there's no right or wrong way to be a minimalist. You have to make it work for you and your family. There's all kinds of different minimalism journeys from the most extreme people that only own like. 30 items to people that might have six or seven kids and are on a different minimalism journey. The key is to just start somewhere and start to be more thoughtful and deliberate about what you do want to include your life. That's including things, actual physical items, commitments, relationships, experiences. What are the things that are important to you and what do you want to include in your life? Are they bringing you joy or are they detracting from your life? So what were the two things that were hardest for me to get rid of? Books and decorations. Books, we had bookshelves and boxes and boxes of books. We still had our books, some books from college, books from medical school. And we had these things in boxes and bins. And I love books. 
And for me, books are kind of sentimental. So I think that was a little bit hard and it felt like, oh, you know, you have that sunk cost bias where you spent all this money on these really expensive textbooks. But was I ever going to go back and read those textbooks? No. So I'm glad I got rid of them, but it was really difficult. So in the video, which those on the podcast can't see it, I have, I'm in front of a bookshelf. The books behind me are pretty much the only books I have left in physical form. And I have a small bookshelf with my cookbooks in the kitchen. And my intention is to buy as many books digital as possible. And if I do want to buy a a hard, uh, you know, actual physical copy of a book, it's a deliberate decision because otherwise I'm just adding more, more, more. And most of the books I know I'm not going to read again. So that was, that was a hard one for me. And then decorations, because I had a lot of decorations and some of them were from all the travels that my husband and I have done together. But even, especially after we downsized, I knew I wasn't going to have space. So it was like picking the ones that were most important to me and brought me the most joy. And then considering what I was going to do with the rest. So those were the two places that were hard. Where I still am wanting to improve, essentialism is a big one for me. In fact, one of the resources I'm going to recommend, I've had to read it and listen to it several times, and I'm still working on simplifying my schedule, simplifying my commitments so that I can become more essentialist and really give more to what I'm doing. My wardrobe, I've definitely gone through different trials. I have done the um, 333 where I just have 33 items for three months, but I feel like I really want to create a wardrobe that's simple and minimalist, but is also more fashionable and chic and matches my personality. So I'm still working on that. That's something that over the next year I want to kind of devote more attention to. More decluttering, more things that I need to get rid of in the kitchen and in the bedroom that I need to finally part ways with. So that's another thing I'm working on. And I still have issues with paper. I accumulate a lot of paper with my work and all the things I do. And so I want to find a better process about not having so many items of paper everywhere. Hair products. I have naturally curly hair and I try lots of different products. I probably accumulate way too many of those. So I want to find... Um, the products that I use and stick with it and not have too many and makeup. So I had a lot of makeup before. I really weaned it down, but I still think I don't feel like I'm quite where the place where I have the amount I want. I love glittery things. And so that's another area that I want to improve in. I asked my kids to give me their reflections on our minimalist journey. And my youngest one, who is 10, he said, I like it. It really helps me stay organized. And my older one who is 15 said, minimizing increases the value of the things I have and allows me to enjoy them more. He's a little deeper and more reflective about things. So I hope that that gave you some good ideas and that that helped you feel like there's a place that you can start, but I do have some resource recommendations. So these are all things that I have looked at especially the books and the documentary, some good websites and an app that I have not used, but I just found out about. So the books that I read while we were going through our minimalist journey, the really important one is The Joy of Less by Francine Joy. And I love this book because it takes you step by step on how to minimize. I love it. And it gives you lots of different options. So you can kind of pick the minimalist level that you want to start at. So it's called The Joy of Less by Francine Joy. 
Another book is Everything That Remains by Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. So these are, quote, the minimalists that I talked about at the beginning of this um, episode. And we actually listened to this audiobook, my husband and I, while we were going on a trip. And as we listened to it, we were able to reflect on it. And I think we learned a lot from it. Essentialism is the book I was talking about. That is by Greg McEwen. And that talks about how to become an essentialist. I have read the book twice and listened to it once. So it's definitely one of my favorites. And it, it's helped me get into that mindset of being an essentialist. And you probably have heard of Marie Kondo and her book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. So this is minimalist, but it takes an approach, a different approach about not just being a minimalist, but also keeping things that you truly love and having reverence for your items and really displaying them with love and with joy. So I think it's definitely worth a read. And I think that there's also a series, I believe on Netflix. I have not watched it, but I saw a little title about it. So you might want to check that out. There's also a documentary called Minimalism a documentary about the important things. It was released in 2015 and you can find it on YouTube, Netflix, Amazon Prime, iTunes, and Google Play. And this is also um, with The Minimalists. And I think that, you know, it's, it's a really good documentary. Websites include missminimalist.com, bemorewithless.com, theminimalist.com, and becomingminimalist.com. And all of those websites have lots of great resources and blog posts and articles and links to other resources and good freebies. And the app that I was talking about that I have not tried myself is called Clutter Free. And apparently I kind of read about it. It takes you room by room. But like I said, that book, The Joy of Less also does that. But the app I think helps you and keeps you organized about how you're going to approach your minimalism in your house. It looks like there's a free trial for seven days and then there's a monthly subscription. So that is what I have for you on minimalism. I hope that this was helpful and I hope that you'll be able to tune into the other episodes I have on environmental sustainability and climate change. And maybe this gave you a little something to think about. If you're interested in becoming a minimalist, definitely reach out to me. If you have questions, please consider subscribing to my podcast, signing up for my newsletter, check out my book. If you'd like to a parent's guide to intuitive eating, how to raise kids who love to eat healthy. And I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at Rocket Surgeons Music. Please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, all of my social media links can be found in the podcast description. Send me a message and let me know what you think of today's podcast sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and drop me a line if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day.
This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.